the very best commercial deals are not found, but are created. I hear many investors say, Peter, all the good deals are gone. Everything I see or sent to me is way overpriced. I can't find anything that cash flows. Does that sound familiar? Well, here's what I call a classic so-called bad deal. So the deal is 15 to 20%. It's priced 15 to 20% above anything else on the market. The rents are under market, but it needs a whole lot of repairs in the property, right? So that's a bad deal. What do you do with something like that? Or how about this one? The property is in great condition, but to make it cash flow well, you need to make a 45% down payment. That's four or five, 45%. Very few people can do that and very few are willing. One of the great things about real estate investing is leveraging and putting down 45% is not good leverage. You agree with that? So how do you overcome this problem and find or create great commercial deals? That's what this podcast is about. Hello everyone, I'm Peter Harris. I'm with Commercial Property Advisors. I'm the author of my two best-selling books, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies and Commercial Real Estate for Beginners. We also have the most popular, most watched, number one rated YouTube channel on commercial real estate investing education ever. So go ahead and check it out when you have a moment. Lastly, I'm a coach and a mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across America. So in the next few minutes, you're going to learn that the best commercial deals are created and not found. You're going to learn how to turn a bad commercial deal into a good one. You're going to learn new ways to look at deals by putting yourself into a state of creating instead of competing. And lastly, I'm going to give you three things to do before you pass on a deal. If you don't do this, you're going to pass up on possibly the best deals. Let's get started. I'm going to start here with a quick story. Uh, there was an African farmer who heard of others making millions of dollars in diamond mines. He got really excited and decided to sell his farm so he could find his own diamond mine. He spent the rest of his life wandering the deserts of Africa looking for his treasure. Finally, he became broke, busted, and disgusted. He threw himself into a river and drowned. Sad story, huh? Meanwhile, another farmer bought his farm and found a large and unusual and discolored stone in the stream on the property. That stone turned out to be a huge diamond. Then he discovered that the farm was covered with them and it became one of the world's richest diamond mines. The first farmer had owned literally acres of diamonds, but sold it for practically nothing in order for him to look for them elsewhere. So if he had taken the time to study and prepare himself to learn what diamonds look like in their rough state and thoroughly explored the land he owned, he would have found the millions he sought right on his property. So why am I sharing the story? Well, first of all, Acres of Diamonds is one of my favorite stories. It's a really famous story, and it has also changed my life. Secondly, we see that diamonds don't look like diamonds in their rough state, right? Diamonds in a rough state are dirty, they're unpolished, they just look like rocks. Well, the best commercial deals don't look like diamonds in their rough state either, right? You could be standing in your own acres of diamonds and not even know it. So let's learn how to spot the rough diamonds 
or the commercial real estate diamonds in your own market. All right, let's do that. All right, so I'm going to start off with sharing with you uh, a couple of bad deals, and then we're going to turn them into good deals. How's that sound? All right, let's get started. All right, so we have a 12 unit apartment building uh, in the suburbs. It's on sale for $900,000, but comparable sales have put the market value at $850, right? So it's overpriced by $50,000. Also, the property's rents are $150 per month below the market average, but the rents can't be raised because of the peeling paint. There's landscaping issues. And lastly, there's um, city inspection fines. So the owner's in trouble with the city because the property is in that poor of condition. So it's about $25,000 worth of work, right? Just to fix up the property so that he can get the rents up. Does that sound like a typical bad deal to you? But this could be a rough diamond. Here's how. From now on, every commercial deal you look at you need to ask yourself three questions. Question one is, am I paying under market, at market, or over market pricing for the deal? That's question one. Question two is, can I increase the rents in any way? If so, how much? Number three is, can I employ some type of creative financing? Never ever pass on any deal without finding the answers to these questions, or you could possibly be passing up your acres of diamonds. So let's see how this work using this 12 unit building. So again, I'm gonna ask question number one, is it price over the market, um, under the market, or at market? So the question is, is price over the market by about $50,000, right? So now you know, and it's always a good thing to know how the property is priced. It's called being a responsible investor. Okay. Number two is the question, can I increase the rents in any way? And the answer is yes, you can increase it by $150 per unit. That's good to know. And you'll find out why in a moment. And question number three is, can we employ some type of creative financing? The answer is, I, we don't know. But the real answer is, we don't know because we haven't discovered any seller motivations yet. And remember, once we get to seller motivations, that's how you creatively finance or creatively structure deals, okay? The deal structure goes around their motivations. Really important, okay? But let's go back to question number two. Can the rents go up? The answer is yes, and they can go up um, by $150 per unit. Now, bear with me some math here. I don't have a whiteboard I can show you, but bear with me with this math I'm gonna share with you, all right? So I have $150 times 12 units, okay? That's $1,800 a month more that I can increase the rents, right? Now multiply this by 12 months so I get a yearly figure. So $1,800 per month times 12 months equals $21,600 per year. So if I can get the rents up on each unit by $150, I've just created an additional $21,600 a year in the cash flow or in the NOI. And remember, in commercial real estate only, this does not apply to single family homes, only commercial. As the NOI goes up, so does the property value, okay? Now, if the property is in a 7% cap rate area, and then all I have to do is divide the 7% into the 21,600, then the, the value or the force equity would be $308,000, right? So let me... Let me share this with you in a different way. By increasing the rents, by increasing the NOI, 
by 21,600, I've forced the property to be increased in value by $308,000, right? So now the property is worth 900,000 plus 308 is worth $1.2 million now, all because I probably spent $25,000 on fixing up the property. I raised the rents, I increased the NOI, and now I have a property that's worth more, all right? So that's how you turn a deal that's overpriced with repairs, a so-called bad deal, into a good deal. So here's the question. Let's go back to the deal again. Is it okay to overpay by $50,000 if you can increase the value by $308,000? The answer is yes. Next, is it okay to buy a property that needs $25,000 in repairs combined with low rents? The answer is yes, but you're going to have to spend the $25,000 to fix up the property, get the city off your back, then get their rents up the market. If you can do that over time, you have a winner. All right, so do you understand what you just did? You just took a deal that everyone passes on, overpriced, low rents, etc., and you made it into a good deal. You just proved yourself that great deals are created, not found. Congratulations. All right, so that ends bad deal number one, turning into a good deal. Let's go to bad deal number two. Bad deal number two is a 3,300 square foot office building in the suburbs. Uh, it's also for sale at $900,000, while comparable properties have it valued at eight fifty. dollars So again, it's overpriced by $50,000. Quite normal these days. The property's rents also cannot be raised, right? The previous deal, it can, but this deal, it can't. Right, so the rents can't be raised because the rents are maxed out right now. All right, so let's do a little bit of valuation. It sounds like a typically overpriced deal with zero upside rents, not exciting at all. Oh, let me add one thing: the seller has expressed his concern about paying his capital gains taxes when he sells. All right, what do you call that? What do you call that? You call that a seller motivation, right? Write down all seller motivations because we can use those seller motivations to structure something creative. So store that in your mind for now. The seller has expressed his concerns about paying his capital gains taxes when he sells. Now, you need to ask yourself the three questions again. Am I paying under market, at market, or over market for this deal? Right? So the answer is I'm paying over by $50,000. Okay? Question two, can I increase the rents in any way? The answer is no. Number three, can I employ some type of creative financing? Hmm, the answer is yes. You want to know why? It's because of that seller motivation. So because he does not want to pay or he has concern about paying capital gains taxes, I'm going to propose to him a master lease agreement. Okay, master lease agreement is where we can buy the property uh, without a bank uh, and he only... Uh, has to pay taxes on the money we give him. So I'm going to structure it this way. I'm going to give him a 10% down payment. So it's $900,000. I'm going to give him $90,000. That's 10%. So he's going to finance $810,000 for me. I'm going to pay him 5% interest, interest only for five years. Okay. That's my proposal. What does that accomplish? That accomplishes several things, right? Number one, he only has to pay capital gains taxes under $90,000 instead of the entire $900,000. Big deal for him, huge deal. For, for us, there's no bank involved, there's no appraisal, 
right? There's no credit application. There's no 3.5% closing costs. None of that. None of that, right? We just have to know how to structure and how to paper up a master lease agreement, which our company is good at, by the way. All right. So um, let's take a quick look uh, what you can do. Now, I don't have a blackboard, so you're going to have to trust me on this. If I were to buy this deal, this 3,300 square foot office building with a conventional loan, putting down 25%, okay, um, with certain income and certain expenses, I would have a cash and cash return to 5%, okay? Now, with the same income and expenses, if I were to do a master lease, 10% down, 5% interest, five years, interest-only payments, my cash and cash return goes up to 15.8, okay? So it went up by three times. So conventional bank, my ROI on the down payment will be 5%. The ROI on using a master lease agreement is 15%, 15.8. So more than three times the conventional way. So now, is that a good deal? Well, I would say yes. If you can take a deal that produces only 5% return on investment with no upside in the future, right? And you can buy a deal with 10% down and make 15.8% your money, that's a good deal, right? So again, you have just turned a bad deal into a good one. I just proven to you once again that good deals are not found, but are created, okay? So now are you are you starting to, to understand uh, what this is about? All right, so the last thing I wanna do is I wanna just emphasize and drill into you the three questions to ask before you pass on a deal, okay? Number one, is the deal price over or under the market? You have to know that. That's called being a responsible investor. If you consider yourself a good steward over your resources, you would know if you're getting a good deal uh, or a bad deal, right? Just like buying something at the store, you would price shop and make sure you're not overpaying. Same thing here, you would price shop. I have a uh, video uh, on YouTube. It's called The Secret to Commercial Estate Success. I would highly recommend watching that video. That video, if you watch and you understand, it will really, really help you to make sure you don't overpay on your deals, okay? Now, the second question is, can I raise the rents? Why is that important? Well, all of us, you know, the small investors, us medium-sized investors, and the super large institutions, they all look to raise their rents. Why? Because it gives you options, right? Remember, in commercial, as the NOI goes up, so does the property value. So you can raise the rents. In this case, um, we raise the rents by $21,000 and, you know, in deal number two, but we increased the property value by $308,000. See the, see the impact there? Huge impact, right? The same goes for a small commercial as it goes to a $100 million apartment complex, okay? Same thing. And again, this does not apply to single family home or fourplex. Only uh, if it's apartment building, five units or greater, or commercial, okay? All right, I have a video on YouTube. It's called um, Secrets to Refinancing. I actually have a podcast on this too. I, I highly recommend you you listen to that podcast so you can get a good understanding what happens when you can raise an NOI. You can do a thing what, that we call a cash out refinance where you can pull out all of your down payment easily all right, by raising the NOI. It's called forcing the equity. So the cash out refi works the same as if you were doing a cash out refi in your home. Same thing. Order an appraisal. 
uh, go to closing, put money in your pocket, same thing. Question three is, can I employ creative financing, right? Really important. I have a podcast called Buying Commercial Real Estate Without Banks. This is a tool. These are tools that you need to know how to do, right? How to buy commercial real estate without banks. Master lease agreement that I talked about earlier today. Other forms of seller financing that I share in that podcast. You have to learn how to do those. So this is why it's important to know the answers to the three questions. Is the deal price over and under the market? Can I raise their rents? And can I employ creative financing? If you get a good understanding of those, you have the best chance of turning your bad deals into a good deal. And lastly, uh, by understanding these three questions and their answers, finding your acres or diamonds in your own backyard, you can do that without selling the farm. All right? Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more, simply go on to our podcast and, and subscribe there at uh, Commercial Property Advisors. Thank you so much to everyone out there. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you at the next podcast.